1: Hello Giants fans and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share and subscribe and if you're listening on Big Blue View Radio, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, it's Friday. That means it's time for our crossover preview for the third time this year. That'll be of course with uh with with the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, since we're tired of talking to uh, to <laughs> bleeding green nation's big dog Brandon Lee Gauton, we have John Stolness of of BGN's Eye on the Enemy with us. And John, thank you for uh, thank you for hopping on.
2: No problem. The scrappy do to BGN Scooby-Doo there.
1: So happy to be with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're tired of talking to BLG. So, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) So, so thank you for, for hopping on. And, uh, and I know, I know, I do, I do your, I do your show all the time. So yeah, you're coming and, on later
2: and, this morning on my show. So yeah, we are, yeah. we're incestuous in that so, way. So
1: so we'll 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 try to leave some meat on the bone for you. There you go. Try to leave you some things to talk about. So hey, like I said, appreciate you're coming on, and I have to start off with this. You you hear you know the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. You you've won the eagles have won this game twice you know 48 to 22 and then the second game whatever you know it was all giants backups and, and and all of that does does this game does all the 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 chatter around this game does it make you nervous at all or are you really confident in you know going into saturday night
2: i think i've been growing more confident going into saturday night um it would have been great for the eagles to come out and blow the doors off the second and third stringers in week 18. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, it just really kind of depends on how long of a sample size you want to look at And, and really how much of a sample size is effective in determining future outcomes in the playoffs. Right? I mean, if you look at the whole season, the Eagles obviously, were maybe the most dominant team in the NFC from from wire to wire. I know the 49ers are the flavor of the flavor of the month right now because of how they finished up the season. And everybody's a little bit nervous with Jalen Hurts's shoulder and, and Lane Johnson's core injury um but when you when you look at dvoa you look at all of the numbers and you know you look at the giants record over the last 7 8 weeks of the season they they haven't won a ton of football games but they do appear to be playing their best football right now i think the reason i feel more confident is because i i look at the opponent that uh, the Giants played last week, a, a Vikings defense that has struggled to stop anybody all season long. And that's not to take anything away from the play of the Giants. The Giants were super efficient. Daniel Jones has done a, such a better job of protecting the football. And I really love how Brian Dayball has essentially told him, hey, man, if it's open, just run, just take it. He's he's a, He's a nightmare to try and tackle in the open field, given his size and the fact that he can run. So there are things about this game that make me nervous. I can certainly envision a scenario where the Giants are able to do enough things, keep the ball away from the Eagles' offense, and chew up yardage in that ground, you know, that that uh, clock management game where they're they're just dominating time of possession. I don't necessarily see that happening, but that's the path to the Giants winning this thing, and it's the playoffs, you know. I think this game's going to be. I think this game's gonna be closer than the seven and a half point line. I think the line is accurate, but I do think these teams play tight games most of the time, and I think the Giants will come with their best game, and it'll be, it'll there'll be a handful for the Eagles on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think that's largely the way that I see it as well. I see it as as a game that that most likely is in doubt early in the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. I would if I was a betting man, I would probably take the Giants and the points. I'm not mm-hmm. picking the Giants to win. Folks at Big Blue View know know that already. They're probably mad at me, but 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 <laughs> they're
2: gonna be know, mad at I'm, you anyway for I've,
1: whatever. So always. Yeah. Always. But realistically, you have to look at the Eagles as the favorites to win this game. And as you said, there's a path because if you get to a close game in the fourth quarter, the ball bounces funny. Sometimes, you know, you get it, you get a break sometimes, but if the Eagles do pull away, I think it's late.
2: Well, and I think the thing about the playoffs is every team should feel nervous heading into a playoff game. (laughs) Every team that's in the playoffs, especially here in the divisional round has a chance to win the Jaguars. Have an excellent chance of going into Kansas City and and beating the Chiefs. There is absolutely a path to Doug Peterson going into Kansas City and Trevor Lawrence putting up monster numbers. Right there, there is absolutely a chance um, for that to happen. In the other divisional games, I think they're they're much more they're, they're much closer. You know, you don't have the number one seed with the week off and all that stuff. But you know, th- there is a path for the Giants to to play really well. I just think that this Eagles defense is much different than Minnesota's defense. The the pressure that the Eagles can generate along the defensive line, that's a huge matchup advantage for the birds against the the Giants offensive line. Um, And and there are other aspects in this matchup, which I I imagine we'll talk about here over the next few minutes as well, which would lead me to believe the Eagles just are the, the more talented team. But that, again, in the playoffs, you never should feel... Going into a playoff game, like ah, oh, you know, we got this team. Unless you're, unless you're like the two seed going up against the seven seed, and even as we saw in the wild card round, you can't really take those games for granted either. So, I was going to feel nervous either way. You know what I mean? Like you're going into a playoff game as a fan, you're you're always going to be nervous because it's the playoffs.
1: Well, sure. And the thing of it is, if <clears throat> if the Giants and the Eagles played ten times with these two teams. The Eagles probably win eight of those games. Maybe they win nine of those games. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, it's the playoffs. It's one and done. And yeah. that one, if that one ha- happens on Saturday night, yeah, everything changes. And here's, here's my question for you. I was at Giants practice the other day, and they're pretty loose. They're dancing at practice. There's ping pong games going on all over the place in the locker room. They're they're loose. I look at it like the New York Giants have already had a successful season. Nobody expected them to get this far. They hate the term playing with house money. But to be honest with you, they're playing with house money. No one expects them to go in and win Saturday night. Um, they've already exceeded expectations. Is all of the pressure on the Eagles here Saturday night?
2: I think so, and expectations certainly are that the Eagles will win, and anytime you're a big favorite in a home playoff game as the number one seed with the the bye, the pressure should be on that team. There is more pressure on that team to win, unless you have extenuating circumstances, like the Eagles back in the early 2000s with all those Mm -hmm. shots to get to the Super Bowl and and not being able to do it. Like, if, if... if they had entered one of those seasons as like a, you know, a six seed and, or a five seed and they failed in the divisional round, that's going to be a major disappointment because the pressure had been building for years for them to do something. That's not the case here with the Giants, right? The Giants are, are play, they are playing with house money. That's the perfect way to describe it. They, they really are. Um, I just i'm i'm curious as to the Giants' confidence level coming into this game because of how that first game went. I, I don't know that you can take anything away from that second game. Both teams both teams did not play the game that you would play if if that game was really, really mattered for, for both sides. I mean, the Eagles needed that game, but they couldn't use Jalen Hurts the way they wanted to, and they called a vanilla offense because they couldn't use Jalen Hurts the way they wanted to. The Giants didn't want to give away anything. We talked about this on the Eye on the Enemy podcast we did just before Week 18. It didn't make any sense for the Giants to play starters, and it didn't make sense for the Giants to do anything offensively that would give the Eagles any sense of, did they pick up anything from the first matchup? Did, did they learn anything from, from the Eagles' 48-22 to 22 blowout win? And if so, what was it? How are the Giants going to counterpunch? They didn't have to counterpunch in Week 18. They just went out there and played their backups and their third stringers. And so that mind game, that chess match wasn't resolved in the second game. It'll be resolved in the game on Saturday night and the, it'll be up to the Eagles and Jonathan, really, I think it's going to be on Jonathan Gannon's defense to, to figure out how to beat a giants offense. That looks a lot different now than it did a few weeks ago.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience
1: let's uh, let's talk about that that matchup giants offense versus eagles defense and and as you said this giants offense looks a lot different what it's sort of evolved from mm-hmm. the beginning the beginning of the season they were a sort of run heavy um Bootleg, throw the throw simple passes. Only throw the ball when they had to, or only throw it on their own terms. Um, they rode Saquon Barkley as hard as they could, as long as they could. And with the with the emergence of Isaiah Hodgins, with Richie James playing really well, with Darius Slayton contributing, they have sort of morphed into. They're not necessarily a pass first team. But they're more of a balanced team. I think they present more more options or more things for, for defenses to look at. I'm just curious when you when you look at the matchup, we talked about it a little bit, but where are where are your concerns when you look at the Giants offense?
2: I think that they have to figure out how they're going to keep Daniel Jones in the pocket. To me, that's the that's the number one key to the Eagles being able to shut the Giants' offense down. They can't allow Daniel Jones to get outside the pocket and convert third and sixes with his legs. They, they just can't do that because I think there's a big difference between what Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodges and Richie James saw in the game against the Vikings and the secondary that they're going to go up against on Saturday night. Darius Slay, James Bradbury... Um, I, I would love to see the Eagles go more man to man, have, have the, have those cornerbacks match up directly with some of those receivers and really just work on shutting them down. Because I think if the Eagles play zone and they allow the giants to dink and dunk underneath, you're going to see 16 play drives. You're going to see 15 play drives and maybe they end in a field goal, but it keeps the Eagles offense off the field. And I think you're, you're kind of robbing yourself of the skill and the talent that Darius Slay and James Bradbury give you at, at those positions. And so I, I think that's going to, those are the two keys for me is whether or not Jonathan Gannon allows the giants to do what they want to do, which is kind of dink and dunk their way down the field. And, you know, maybe make a splash play here and there with Saquon, uh, where you pick up a 25, 30 yard game, uh, Saquon coming out of the backfield, matching up against Kaiser white is a, is something that Jonathan Gannon needs to figure out how to not let happen, uh, numerous times during the course of a game. Those are the, those are the areas where I think from a defensive standpoint, um, you got to be able to also get home on daniel jones right on all those obvious passing situations you have you have a defensive line that almost broke the nfl sack record this season uh they sacked daniel jones how many times in the first game i think it was five times or something like that yeah i'd have
1: to look it up but yeah
2: I yeah it's sure. something like that i mean and they were able to bring him down when they got to him in the backfield and they've got to do that again they can't let him escape so if this defense can get consistent pressure on Daniel Jones and they can put him in passing situations and not let him escape out of the pocket, I think the defense will be fine. Um, But I think it's all going to come down to really the play of the defensive line, how much pressure they can get on Daniel Jones and whether they can prevent him from escaping the pocket.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I do a mailbag and I get questions. I've got a lot of questions this week about, are the giants running Daniel Jones too much? And my answer to that is absolutely not. The fact of the matter is his legs, whether it's designed runs, which they they haven't used as much the second half of the season, but it's his ability to get out of the pocket, to see things as they open up and, and create, you know, first downs out of nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That that have really helped this offense. It, it I don't like seeing. Well, I I kind of like seeing him lower his shoulder and 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 blast you know linebackers every so often, which he's which he's willing to do. But uh, but it does make me a little nervous. It's fun, but it's nerve wracking because you want to make sure he gets back up. <laughs>
2: well, look at Jalen Hurts. I mean, look at the situation with him. I mean, the, the reason we are. Feeling more nervous about this game than maybe we ordinarily would have is because on on a rollout, Jalen Hurts against the Chicago Bears got rammed into the ground, landed on his throwing shoulder, knocked him out of action for two weeks. He came back in week 18 and was still clearly pretty limited. Those are the risks of your quarterback getting out and running the the protection that the NFL gives quarterbacks when they're in the pocket disappears once they become a runner. And so when you're using your quarterback as a runner, as you saw with the Eagles offense, and as we've seen with the Giants offense late in the season, you become a lot more dangerous because you, you have to, you can't be as aggressive along the defensive front. You, you have to have more eyes in the backfield. So maybe you're playing more zone uh, against a, a running quarterback, but that comes with it. That's a double-edged sword too. I mean, if you lower your head, you lower your shoulder into somebody, there's a good chance that your shoulder might get knocked out of whack, or you could, you could land on yourself in an awkward situation. But that being said, if a quarterback, and we're seeing this trend throughout the league with running quarterbacks, if your quarterback can run, you've got to utilize it. Otherwise you, you're, you're robbing yourself of the ability to have a more efficient and dynamic offense. And, you know, quarterbacks are going to get, we, we've seen pocket quarterbacks get devastatingly hurt. Quarterbacks get hurt. That's just the way it is, right? Everybody everybody get gets
1: hurt. hurt in the NFL yeah. at some point in time.
2: Exactly. So I, I don't think you can rob yourself of that ability to be able to do that. I think quarterbacks have to be smart knowing when to get down, when to get out of bounds and knowing when is the right time to lower your shoulder, lower your head into somebody. Like if you're at the two yard line and ramming somebody over means you score a touchdown or you fall half a yard short you lower your head down right but i mean it doesn't mean like if you're you know if you're up 21 to three and you've got like a uh, a second and seven at your own 40 you don't necessarily lower your head down to get an extra two yards there you, you take you get down and you right. live to fight a third and short
1: absolutely and that's the uh that's the thing i i agree with you wholeheartedly you can't especially now you're in the playoffs, you're playing big games, you're playing one and done games. You don't limit yourself. You take your shot. If, if you have a quarterback who can help you in the run game, you use that. And, And let me ask you about Jalen hurts. Obviously he was limited in that week 18 game. He made some plays from the pocket. I think he ran nine times for 13 yards the, the actual quarterback run game, the designed run game, wasn't there. It was obvious it wasn't there. I mean, he, he scrambled a few times, but it was, it was get down as quick as possible, get out of bounds as quick as possible, take as few hits as he could possibly take. We're talking about playoffs. We're talking about risk. I fully expect to see quarterback run game I fully expect to see Jalen Hurts you know, take off and, and get what he can when he can. Are you expecting to see the same thing?
2: I am. I am. And I think my little conspiracy theory, and I've been saying this throughout the week, is that I think the Eagles have been slow playing his injury a little bit. Uh, there was, they usually are not very forthcoming about a player's injury status. They've been very open and upfront about hurts is struggling hurts is hurting all of this kind of stuff. You usually don't hear that from them. And I have just been wondering if they're not trying to plant seeds of doubt in the minds of the giants, thinking that hurts is going to be limited uh, in this, in this uh, divisional round playoff game. I don't think that's going to happen. I, whether he's a hundred percent or not. And I think he's closer to feeling really good uh, than maybe he did in, in week 18. You know, I, I, fe- I think that, and and the guy's a warrior. I mean, he's in a playoff game. He is dying to to make up for last year's horrific performance against the Buccaneers in the playoffs. And so he I when he gets out there, I don't think there's going to be anything stopping him from taking off and running from lowering his shoulder, from he may not be as effective. He he may be hurt, you know, it it, it may come back to bite him, but I don't think you're going to see anything taken out of the playbook this week against the giants i think all the players are going to be in there and uh, i i do think the eagles should run the ball more just straight up run the ball more against the giants defense which is very susceptible to the run but i think a component of that will be jalen hurts whether it's for 80 or 90 yards i i don't know that we're going to see that kind of performance from him but i think you got a you got to expect a 40 50 rushing yards from from jalen hurts in this game if the eagles are going to have a chance to
1: win as long as boston scotts inactive we're good it's incredible.
2: It really is remarkable how he goes whenever he plays against a a Giants team, uh, no matter what year, no matter who's on that team, he's unbelievable how he lights it up. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's just ridiculous. But, uh, you know, Brian Dable won't say that Boston Scott is a giant killer, but but Boston Scott, you don't need to say it. His (laughs) entire career has been based on playing against the Giants. So, right. So let's let's talk about uh, about the other side of the ball. Eagles offense. We've kind of talked about it a little bit with with Jalen Hurts, um, but is it really? You know, for you, you guys have AJ Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you've got you've got a quality passing attack, you've got a quality group of of weapons, but when you look at this Giants defense, is it really? The, the run game where you think that, that the Eagles really need to lean into that, you know, where they might have an advantage.
2: Well, I think they ran for eight yards of carry and run, ran for over 200 yards in the, in the last matchup. I think, I think there's a formula there um, and granted the giants are going to do different things. There's no doubt about it, but I think one of the ways that you mitigate the blitz schemes that wink Martindale will undoubtedly throw at Jalen hurts. And that's the way to try and rattle Jalen is he's not the best quarterback in the world. He's kind of middle of the pack when it comes to EPA on, on blitzing um, the way you mitigate the way you mitigate that is, is to run the ball against the blitz. So, you figure out where the giants extra rushers are coming from and you can design some runs to, to get out of it that way. And Jalen hurts can take off and run. If he sees a blitz are coming, you don't want to do that every time. Cause sometimes you can take a shot with a one-on-one, but um, I do think running the football and, and actually commit when this team and this offense is humming at its best they're running the football, not all running the football, but they don't abandon it. They don't come out every single possession and throw on the first two downs. And, you know, I don't want to see them running every first down either. There has to be a a mixture, but sometimes this offense. And I think over the last few weeks, especially with Gardner Minshew got too pass heavy, given the personnel that they had and, and what they had to work with. and, I think Miles Sanders being a little banged up in the last few weeks was an unreported part of what the Eagles were dealing with. He seems to be fully healthy now. He wasn't on the injury report. And Boston Scott, as we mentioned, has has always killed the Giants. Kenny Gainwell comes in and does a pretty decent job when he's called upon. So you've got this running game. And I think the other aspect of the Eagles that really needs to come to the forefront, and we saw it against the Vikings with the way TJ Hawkinson um was able to pile up the yards against the giant's defenses. This has to be a Dallas Goddard game that Dallas Goddard has to be heavily involved. He's got to be targeted seven to eight times in this game. If he doesn't go for, for if he doesn't approach a hundred yards in this game, something's wrong. Uh, Unless AJ Brown or Devontae Smith just go crazy in this game, which, you know, could happen. Um, This the Dallas Goddard should be an integral part of what the Eagles are doing on Saturday night. Since he came back, he didn't play against the Giants the first time around because he was injured. And since he came back, they've used him a little, but he's he's not been a major focus of the offense. And I I think that needs to change. I I think he needs to be a big part of what the Eagles do on Saturday night.
1: Interesting, because T.J. Hawkinson. In two games, he did absolutely kill the Giants in both of those games against uh, against the Vikings and and covering the tight end seems to be a a long running uh, giant issue. What do you make just just out of curiosity? What do you make of? Do you put any stock in the in the the recent history of of the Eagles pretty much dominating the Giants over the last? Uh, Five years at least, you know, maybe ten years if you want to go back that far. Do you do you put any stock in it? I mean, I look at it this way. Let me just let me just say this. Let me you can maybe react to to this theory. For me, I know what the Giants are going to face on Saturday night. I know what the crowd's going to be like. I know that they're the underdog. I know all of those things. Nobody expects them to win for me this is about the most delicious matchup that the giants could get it's there there would be there for me there there would be nothing better than walking into philly and winning this game and i think that's just so just just you know f- just think about it from that aspect or or react to to that idea
2: sure I, I saw the New York the back of the New York Post uh, here on on Friday where it basically called the the Lincoln Financial Field the House of Horrors because they it's been, I think, nine years since uh, since they since they last won in, in Philadelphia. Um those are all under different coaching staffs. Um, Some of these players have been a part of that. Uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley certainly um, have, have had a difficult time securing victories over the Eagles in recent seasons, especially in, in Philadelphia. Things always seem to go wrong in Philadelphia uh, for, for the giants. Um, So I think if there's anything to be taken away from that, it is the level of just the, the level of confidence. Sometimes when you know, you've got a team's number, Sometimes you just roll into their stadium and you just have a feeling of confidence going going into that game. Going into Lincoln Financial Field, rolling into Philadelphia, not having won there in a decade, that does have to affect your confidence level a little bit I would think. You you there's no way you can go in there with Bravado. Right? You you there's no way the Giants players and the coaching staff can go in there with their chests puffed out. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose the football game. But from a competitive standpoint, it does maybe put you behind the eight ball a little bit until you're able to get over that hump. There was a time there during the Donovan McNabb era when the Eagles couldn't beat the giants until there was a Monday night game where McNabb led them on a last minute drive and scored a touchdown. And that kind of reversed the trend a little bit from, from that point on the Eagles were able to start beating the giants. I remember specifically back in, in the early two thousands when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came into Philadelphia in two straight wild card rounds, at Veterans Stadium, and lost both games, and they really weren't all that competitive in either game. The Buccaneers had never won outdoors in a cold weather in a cold weather situation, and then they came into 2002 for the NFC Championship game, and for the first time in their history, they won a cold weather outdoors game in Philadelphia, having played there for the third straight season. They didn't come in that I don't think they came in that week feeling like that they knew they were going to win with their chest puffed out, but they did it. Right. And so there's nothing that's saying that the Giants can't do something similar here on Saturday night. That being said, I think mentally the fact that they haven't been able to win in Philadelphia, that it has been a house of horrors for them, does what it would do is basically say if things go south early in the game, it would be very easy for Giants players and fans to say themselves. Here we go again. And that's just not mm-hmm. the mindset you want to have. You know, that can that can knock you on your heels a little bit. And it would take something pretty r- miraculous in order to to do a 180 there. So in that regard, I think you you they can come in with with confidence, but if something sets them back, if they get down early, I, I don't see how how human nature would say that you basically are telling yourself, well, same old Philadelphia. We just can't win here.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. And uh and and I, I certainly understand that even though these players, many of them haven't been haven't been a big part of that, they've been asked about it enough times to know about it. Yeah. So it 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 gets planted in your head because you keep getting asked about it. Right. Anyway, last last thing I have to ask you about, and it's it's kind of a silly thing. Kind of a silly thing. Right. The whole place kicker cheating thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, the, the, the piece of paper, blade of grass, whatever thing. Just do you have any, any thoughts on, on that whole uh, on that whole deal?
2: I haven't been able to make any sense of it, frankly. Like there have been very few specifics about exactly what it is the Eagles are accused of doing. But holding down, a, a, putting a piece of paper down for him to, to kick off. Over, I, I just don't know how you could have gotten away with that. The, the holder is sitting in the middle of an open field with officials everywhere and no one is seeing them do this. If it is something they are in fact doing. And, you know, Jake Elliott said that the league addressed it a few weeks, you know, last month and that everything that they're, Everything they do on their on their field goals and extra points is is legal. So, I mean, I I just got to believe that if the Eagles were doing something like putting a piece of paper down on the field ahead of a field goal or an extra point, somebody would have seen something like an opposing (laughs) defensive player would have seen something. Hey, there's a piece of paper where they're kicking the ball. You know what? Why we needed a, a, you know, some photograph of a piece of paper flying up or something. It's never made a whole lot of sense to me. I, I don't think it's a story um i I you know it's kind of interesting. I was certainly reading about it because like oh is this mm-hmm. is this a thing? but <laughs> it seems like I don't think there's a whole lot of there there with it
1: yeah it's it's just one of those one of those silly things to uh to talk about and and you yeah, know, you, and, need you know, those. and you know we 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 love throwing shade at the Eagles anyway, so sure <laughs> that's how it's supposed to go. There you go. There you go. Anyway, uh, thank you very, very much for for hopping on. And uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please uh, take care of each other and uh, stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot. Because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands.